What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Tuesday, December 5th, 2023. My name is Kent Peterson. I am the host of this show, and on today's show, we're going to wrap up the Big Ten Championship, the big game, Michigan versus Iowa. We'll talk about everything that happened in that game. We'll discuss a few postseason awards. The Bulls have been announced. Who's everybody playing? Where are they going? What day is it happening on? And, of course, the transfer portal. We're actually going to stay away from that for the most part. We have an entire offseason to get to portal stuff, and it's going to be happening from now until basically next season starts. Uh, I'll just say this about the transfer portal. There's some big names in there. Follow me on Twitter, at CasualBig10, if you want some more information about that as it transpires. Um, but on this episode, I might sprinkle some portal talk in there, but not much portal talk on today's show. Um, coming up on this show, before we get to all of that, we got some big episodes coming up this week. I don't know what day yet. It might be even early next week. I'm not sure. I got to get uh, Big Ten Wilson and Bet Big Brad pinned down for a date for this, but we will have our bowl Bet Big episode. We'll dive deeper into the bowl games. We'll have the lines. We'll have the totals. We're going to be gambling on them, and we'll see if anyone can come back and catch Brad here at the end of the year. I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll also have a basketball episode, a fully dedicated basketball episode within the next two days. And uh, as always, if you're not subscribed on YouTube, please do that. I have hit my goal of 100 subscribers before the end of football season. And for that goal, my kids are semi-invested into this whole venture. I say semi-invested. They watch YouTube, so they're always asking me how many subscribers I have because that's like a big deal to, you know, the YouTube generation. And uh, <laughs> it's always embarrassing. I was like, I have 80 subscribers. They're like, Daddy, that's that's not good. That's not a lot. And I was like, I know. But I'm trying to get to 100, and that, that was a big goal of mine. And my sweet daughter, shout out to Sawyer, my, my angel baby, she made me this plaque. Actually, I got it framed, but she made the, uh, oh, you can see my ring light really good in that. She made my uh, 100 subscribers poster for me, and uh, she calls it a play button because my kids thought that you get a play button if you get one subscriber, and of course, that's not true, but um, <laughs> at 100 subscribers, sweet Sawyer, angel child, she thought that I deserved a play button, so she made me that, and uh once again, thank you, Sawyer. I know you're not watching this, but what a sweet child I have. Um, once again. Also, big news. I am verified on Twitter. I never put out a tweet about this, but if you are following me on Twitter, here's my uh, official announcement that I am verified on Twitter. So now, if you are following me, you can, without question, tell me that I am doing it for the clicks now because... At some point, I'll be able to earn money on Twitter if I get a certain amount of views on things, which is obviously not why I'm doing this. I, I really wanted to be verified just to give it some more uh, professionalism look. And also, I did want to get my tweets out there more. And the more I talk to other people, shout out to JR from the Big Ten Huddle. He, he gave me some advice about this, too. Um, it's harder to get stuff out there if you're not verified. So I wanted to get verified so that it gets a little bit better of a push when I'm in replies and uh, just for my tweets in general. So go check me out on Twitter. Once again, that is at Casual Big Ten. All right, 
let's get into this stuff. Let's talk about what actually happened on Saturday. First of all, I know I'm a little late. I almost did this episode on Saturday night. I knew I would be busy on Sunday. I did not know I was going to be busy yesterday, though, on Monday. Had a uh, had a family. I'm not going to call it a family emergency. It wasn't a family emergency, but had some things that I had to get done with the kids. So I wasn't able to record yesterday, but I'm here now. It's Tuesday. That's all that matters. What happened on Saturday? Well, Michigan won, as pretty much everybody predicted, except for the people on college game day, which was really weird. A lot of people picking Iowa. I did not understand that. My prediction of 40 to 0 was off by two touchdowns. It was 26 to 0. So I'm a little disappointed that I was off on that prediction. But you got to give credit to Iowa's defense um, holding Michigan, I guess you would say, holding them to 26 points. Michigan had a lot of opportunities that they could have scored more touchdowns and they held them to field goals in those opportunities. But uh, at the end of the day, this was a no doubter win for Michigan. I thought that they kind of dominated, they controlled. For the most part, they controlled, it's hard to say they controlled the line of scrimmage because they didn't break off big runs, but they did a good job protect, protecting JJ so that he could make some clean passes. And uh, what it really came down to was Michigan made the big plays when it mattered the most. Um, they forced three turnovers on Iowa, and here's when those turnovers happened. There was a fumble in the second quarter. And that one really didn't hurt Iowa because it turned into a Michigan punt. So not a big deal on that one. In the third quarter, there's a yet another fumble. This one, I believe, was the more controversial one. It was the one where it looked like uh, Deacon Hill's arm may have been moving forward just a little bit. I don't have a position on this. I know that there was a lot of people that were upset about this call. I thought that the call was fine. What I did have a problem with was them blowing the play dead. And I've always had a problem with this. Never, if there's a potential for a fumble, don't ever blow the play dead. Let it play out. And then if it's not a fumble, go back to the replay and say, actually, his hand was moving forward. That's an incomplete pass. Iowa still has the ball. But what they did was they called incomplete on the field, went back and reviewed it, ruled it a fumble. But the problem is they already blew the whistle, so nobody was going for the ball. Nobody on Iowa was going for the ball. So some dude, uh, some defensive back for Michigan just walks up basically and picks up the ball, and that's where Michigan gets the ball. So I do have a problem with that. I think that had they not blown the play dead, there was a huge opportunity for the offensive linemen who were standing right in front of it to jump on the ball. But the reason why I don't really care about the call is because Michigan was going to win the game anyways. It's not like that call switched the momentum of the game or <laughs> gave Iowa an opportunity uh, to score or even took points off the board for Iowa. I don't think Iowa was going to score in this game regardless. So it to me, it didn't change the outcome of the game. That's why I don't really have a huge problem with it. It might have just changed the final score. It might have been 19-0 to zero instead. But nonetheless, that was a fumble they called on the field. Uh, Michigan gets the ball. That, that turned into a touchdown. And then in the fourth quarter, there was yet another fumble, and that turned into a Michigan field goal. Also, on the big plays front, there was a punt in the first quarter that Samaj Morgan ran back. I think it was like 86 yards, got hawked down at like the five-yard line, but it didn't matter. Once again, Blake Corum was in the backfield. Next play, he scores from five yards out. And uh, it, it was, I mean, it just felt like a game watching it where even though Michigan wasn't fully controlling every aspect of the game, they were in control of the game. They weren't going to let Iowa score. And they were going to put up enough points to, which 
at this point was only three. <laughs> they only needed the one field goal to win this game. But their offense was going to do enough to uh, move the ball a little bit, kill the clock, and make it a shorter game. And uh, that's exactly what happens. Michigan, third straight Big Ten title. Pretty impressive. Also, people forget that two of those Big Ten titles came at the hands of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Two years ago, they also beat Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. Michigan moves on to the college football playoff, which I don't want to talk about this a long time, but uh, I do want to discuss this. Michigan's number one, very deserving, okay? Oh, and by the way, before I get to this, great season by Iowa. Just a great season. It was the uh, fewest yards. What did he say last week on the Big Ten Network? I forget what the actual stat was. I think it was the fewest yards averaged by a team ever. I, I think that's what he said. I swear he said ever in college football or for the last 60 years for that Iowa offense, and they still made it to the Big Ten championship game. Really impressive the way that they found to win games, the way they found how to stay in games and the way that they were able to shut down other people's offenses. Like I said, defense was great this year. Great defense. We'll talk about that more in a second. Um, but Michigan, an even better year. Undefeated, 13-0. Uh, Second year in a row that they are undefeated going into the college football playoff. I think the last time that they lost to a Big Ten team was Michigan State two years ago. So it's been a long time since Michigan's lost a conference game. Um, obviously, they lost their two semifinal games the last two years to Georgia and TCU last year. That's who they played. And this year, they draw Alabama. Now, college football playoff. I'll be quick about this. Florida State got absolutely jobbed in this whole deal. There was three undefeated teams. There was three teams that won their conference and three teams that were 13-0, like I said, undefeated. It was Michigan, who I think was the best of those three. It was Washington, who I think was the second best of those three. And then there was Florida State, who I think was the third best of those three. Florida State gets pushed out of the playoff because they let Alabama, they wanted to get Alabama in. They wanted to have an SEC team in. I get that. They could not let Alabama in without putting Texas in because Texas beat them in week two this year. I was at that game. It was a very convincing win for Texas. Even though it was only a 10-point game, if you go to Tuscaloosa and control a game like Texas did that day, I did not think that Alabama was going to make it to the playoffs this year. I'm very surprised the committee put them in. I don't think that Alabama deserved to be in. And for that matter, I'm not even positive Texas deserved to be in. Now, of the one-loss teams, you have Georgia, Texas, and Alabama. It was really hard to put Georgia in because they just lost the SEC championship to Alabama. So it's hard to put Georgia in. They take them completely out. Georgia could have fixed all this. If they won their SEC championship on Saturday night, it's four undefeated teams, and I think they for sure put Florida State in the, in the college football playoff. I think that goes without saying, right? But because Georgia lost, they couldn't let Georgia in, but they couldn't let Alabama in without Texas. So they're like, all right, now we got to take out an ACC team. So we have an SEC team in. Didn't make any sense to me at all. Um, for Michigan, I'm going to look ahead to this game just a little bit and tell you why some of the things I'm reading online are a little misleading because I saw videos of Michigan being surprised or maybe even shook that they drew Alabama and that they're scared. I don't think that they should be. 
Um, Michigan is favored in this game. I know it's only one and a half as of yesterday. I haven't checked it today. But um, here's a, here's what you're getting out of an Alabama team. They barely beat Auburn two weeks ago. They needed a miracle. Now, they won the game. I can't have the Florida State argument about how they're undefeated so the games matter and then say that Alabama's win didn't matter. They won the game. Good win, okay? Barely beat Auburn. They have that Texas loss at home. Texas loss at home. Pretty convincing loss. They beat Arkansas by three. They only scored 17 points on South Florida. USF, they scored 17 points on them. For reference, the University of South Florida went to Western Kentucky this year and let them score 41 points. So Western Kentucky scored more points than Alabama did against a common opponent. I don't think Alabama's that good. I'm just going to come out and say it. I think that Michigan's a better team. I think they have better, uh, a way better defense. I'm going to say a way better defense. They have a way better defense. They have more weapons on offense. I think they have a better quarterback. They have a better running back. And I'm not too positive about the offensive line. I know that uh, Alabama always has good offensive linemen. And with Zach Zinter out for Michigan, and I think there was another injury in the Big Ten Championship, there's a little uh, cause for concern on the offensive line for Michigan. But, um, I mean, at every other position, though, I think Michigan's better. I think they're more talented. Uh, Coaching-wise, I think maybe Alabama has an edge. I, I say maybe. They definitely have an edge. Nick Saban's proven that he's a great coach. Okay, um, But as far as the actual players on the field, I think that Michigan's better. I think that the fact that the Rose Bowl, which is where they're playing their semifinal game, is on in the afternoon instead of the night. I don't know why, but it feels like that gives an advantage to Michigan. And maybe I'm just saying that because their last two semifinal games were at night. I think that it not being on New Year's Eve is an advantage because the last two <laughs> have been on New Year's Eve and they've lost those games. So they got a lot of things that are going to be different than the last two semifinal games that they had. I think of the three games that they've played, this will be the last thing I say about this. Of the three semifinal games that they played, I think that Alabama is the second best of those three. I thought that TCU wasn't that good last year either, and Michigan should have won that game, and they didn't. Um, but obviously, two years ago when they played Georgia, Georgia was just a much better team. I don't think Alabama's that good. I don't think that TCU was that good last year. Um, but again, that's why they play the games. And another reason why I think they should have let Florida State in, because people saying Florida State's not as good as X, Y, and Z, well, they've won every game. So give them an opportunity to go win another one. And uh, that's the college football playoff. All right. There's been some postseason awards that have gone out. There's been uh, all-conference players, uh, players of the year. I've tweeted about those. I was actually also, once again, talking about JR, the Big Ten huddle, Last uh, At the end of last week, I think it was Thursday or Friday night, I went on his show. We talked about all of those awards. So if you want to hear more about all the awards, go check out JR. Go to the episode from last week. It was the Big Ten Championship preview, and then we talked about uh, all the players of the, year, of the year award. Now, this award I have seen pick up some momentum on Twitter. It's the Broyles Award, and it goes to the defensive coordinator who is the best defensive coordinator in the country. It was just announced about an hour and a half ago who the winner of this award is. And it went to, drum roll please, Phil Parker of Iowa. Now, 
Phil Parker did a great job this year. I've talked about how good that defense is all year. Kept them in games. Was the reason why they were in the Big Ten Championship. For that reason, because their defense got them to a Big Ten Championship and not even assisted. They were the reason they won all the games that they won. Phil Parker's very deserving of this award. Iowa would have sucked without that defense. Their offense was terrible. They have no shot to get to the Big Ten Championship without the defense. And their best defensive player got hurt, what, four weeks ago? And they were still showing out the last half of the season, last quarter of the season, whatever you want to call it. Looked really good all year. Okay, That's why he totally deserves the award. To play devil's advocate, though, which is what I'm going to do today and what I really feel, um, I think that Sharon Moore should have won the award. The defensive coordinator at Michigan, uh, I think that, you know, it's funny. I just tweeted this out, and I haven't looked at the reactions. I'm assuming that the reactions are going to be negative. I thought that defense won championships. And if I'm not mistaken, a few days ago, Michigan won a championship against Phil Parker and the Iowa Hawkeyes. If defense wins championships, how come he's not the best defensive coach in the country? He just won a championship. Might win another one. Um, Michigan's defense was just outright better. I had debates going back and forth with people on this on Saturday night. Mid-game, I'm having debates about this. But here's why they're better. There's not a single stat or indicator that tells me that Iowa's defense is better than Michigan's other than just throwing your hands up and saying, well, Iowa's offense sucks. So their defense must be that great, okay? Michigan ranked first in the Big Ten defense. Iowa, fourth. Michigan ranked second nationally in defense. Iowa, fifth. Michigan gave up 9.2 points per game. Iowa, 13.2. Michigan had more sacks. They had more interceptions. They gave up fewer yards. And they were on the field for fewer plays. So, you can go both ways with that last stat, by the way. If they were on the field for fewer plays you can say, well, they're better because they got off the field and gave the ball back to their offense. Or you can be an Iowa supporter and say, well, Michigan's offense is better. That's why they were on the field for fewer plays. And Iowa's, Iowa's offense is so bad, the defense had to play more plays. Okay, whatever. However you want to say it, if you're on the field for more plays, how come you didn't have more interceptions? How come you didn't have more sacks? How come you didn't have more tackles for loss? How come you didn't have any indicator that says that you're a better defense? You had more opportunities and output less stats. Okay, Now, I know the award's not all about stats. I get that. Who is the best defensive coordinator? Maybe it is Phil Parker. But the numbers and the results tell me that Michigan's defense was better. And it's real simple to find out how. They played on Saturday. Michigan scored 26, Iowa scored zero. Which defense was better? I don't know. You tell me. You tell me. All right. Don't want this episode to take all day. Um, I want to go through the bowl uh, selections really quickly. Going to start out with the Las Vegas Bowl. Um, Really excited about this because Northwestern's heading to the Las Vegas Bowl. I had Cam Johnson on two weeks ago, and he said that this was the bowl he wanted to go to. So I'm happy for my family. 
I'm happy for Cam Johnson. He's heading out to Las Vegas. Free trip. Taking on Utah. That will be on uh, just before Christmas, two days before Christmas on December 23rd. That game will be taking place 6.30 p.m. on ABC. Should I do all the times in the TV things? Probably not yet. Probably save that for the uh, Bet Big episode. Minnesota on December 26th, the day after Christmas, they are going to Detroit to play in the Quick Lane Bowl. That is at Ford Field. I will be in Michigan on this day. And I think if any other Big Ten team was playing in this game, maybe not them or Rutgers. I don't know if I'd want to go see Rutgers right now. I'm sorry. They just they just didn't finish the season great for me. Um, but any other Big Ten team, I probably would grab tickets and head over to that game. But I just, I'm not excited about uh, Minnesota and Bowling Green. Now, I will say, I think Minnesota is going to win this game. And that's based on the fact that since the train, I need to take a drink of water. I've been talking for, how long have I been talking for? 20 minutes? Jeez. Excuse me. Um, since the transfer portal has opened, not a lot of guys are leaving Minnesota, and it sounds like everyone's going to play in the bowl game. Um, one notable name for me is Daniel Jackson. He was their, I think he's their leading receiver. He's definitely their best receiver. He for sure had their most touchdowns this year. Um, he'll be there. He'll be at the game, and he's staying at Minnesota for another year. So shout out to Minnesota for that reason. Got a good receiver coming back. Um, on the 28th, it's Miami, Florida is going to be at the Pinstripe Bowl against our Rutgers Scarlet Knights. That'll be at 115, like I said, on the 28th. On the 29th, the very next day, you have Missouri against Ohio State. Now, I said I wasn't going to talk about the transfer portal a ton on this episode, and I don't want to, but Ohio State's losing a lot of guys. They're losing a ton of guys. And their quarterback, Kyle McCord, being the biggest name that's entered so far, um... Man, I don't know what they're going to do in this bowl game. I don't think that they're going to do very well. Julian Fleming's leaving. Um, I doubt Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to play in this game with his draft stock being so high. Uh, also, shout out, speaking of postseason awards, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. going to New York to represent the Big Ten for the Heisman uh, Award. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking there. Heisman Award. I think that's the only award that really matters. I was talking about this last week on JR show. Third time I've mentioned JR's name. Um, the all-conference stuff and the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year and all that jazz, I just don't think it's that important. The Heisman, though, I do think is a big deal. So big congratulations to Ohio State fans and Marvin Harrison Jr. heading out to New York, hopefully to accept his Heisman. On the 30th, you have Ole Miss and Penn State. That is the, oh, by the way, uh, Missouri, Ohio State's the Cotton Bowl. That's in uh, Arlington, Texas. It says Arlington. It's just Dallas, though, right? It's just Dallas. Peach Bowl in Atlanta. It's going to be Penn State and Ole Miss. Peach Bowl is awesome, by the way. I've been to a Peach Bowl before. Very fun. Atlanta used to live there. Great city to go party in. Um, so if you're a Penn State fan, go check it out. Easy airport. Uh, they have great transportation down there, so you can get right up next to the stadium and a ton of bars around that area. Uh, go check that stuff out. World Congress Center is right there where they held the Olympics. I could, I could be a tour guide for you guys in Atlanta. Great spot. Go check out Taco Mac. Really good spot. Really good spot for beer, especially. Um, Ole Miss against Penn State, though. That should be a good game. I don't know what's going on. I haven't heard a lot about transfer portal stuff with Penn State, so I'm just not going to comment on that. Maryland is heading to my town, the Music City Bowl, Nissan Stadium here in Nashville. They'll be taking on Auburn, that Auburn team that almost beat Alabama a few weeks ago. Going to be a tough one for Maryland. Once again, is 
Tualia going to play in this game? I don't know where his draft stock is at. I, it's so funny because he's leading the conference all time in passing yards, and I haven't heard a thing about him being drafted. He's got to be. He's got to get drafted, right? Especially after everything his brother's done in the league. Um, the Real Request Bowl is in Tampa, Florida. It's Wisconsin, and it's LSU. That should be a good game. That's on the first. That's on the first. There's three games on the first, by the way. All SEC and Big Ten matchups. The second one is the Citrus Bowl, also in Florida. This one's in Orlando. It's Iowa and Tennessee. Tennessee's pretty good. Tennessee's pretty good. I like Tennessee in that game. All right, I don't know why I'm doing that accent. I like Tennessee in that game. I'm not making picks right now, but I do think Tennessee's going to win that game. Um, and then, of course, the semifinal, also on the first, it's Michigan and it's Alabama at the Rose Bowl, like I said, afternoon game for the Wolverines and the Crimson Tide. Should be a great, I mean, that day right there. You go 11 a.m. Wisconsin, LSU, noon. This is my time zone, by the way, so it might be one hour later for you guys. Noon uh, is Iowa and Tennessee, and then at 4 o'clock, right after those games are over, you have the Rose Bowl. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. You can't beat that day. You cannot beat that day with a stick. I'm going to be offline from my family that day. They're going to have to. Happy New Year. Uh, I'll be on the couch if you need anything. All right, those are the bowl games. That was the Big Ten Championship game wrapped. Um, as always, like I say, if you're on YouTube, please hit subscribe. If you're listening on a podcast device, go ahead and give five stars if you want to. I'm not going to beg for it. You don't need to do it. You really don't need to do it. Honestly, you don't need to do it. As long as you uh, enjoy the show and you continue listening, I appreciate you. I appreciate it. Follow on Twitter at CasualBig10. We'll be back later this week with a hoops episode, basketball dedicated only episode coming out in just a few days. And then that bet big episode with all the bull picks for all the marbles. We'll see you guys later this week. We will see you all in the future.